looking for the king of podcasts, you're at the wrong channel. Looking for good ideas for life, you are far from good hands. If you think the listener is always right, you are far from the right place. Hosted by a Northeasterner by birth, a rebel by choice. If you want a host that floats between love and madness, then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Mmm, I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Mm -mm Mmm-mm-mm. Don't mess with me, I'm one crazy mofo. With over 30 years of experience and a superb reputation for being a detail-oriented company, Lacey Cleaning has some of the highest work standards in the cleaning business. That's the fact, Jack! Whether it's carpet cleaning, tile, grout cleaning, new construction cleanup, rental turnovers, vent and duct cleaning, odor elimination, office and or business cleaning, power washing, residential cleaning, you name it, they do it. Check them out to contact them today, LaceyCleaning at gmail.com or call them at 609-709-8536. That's what I'm talking about. This is Ira Hyden, the Wizard Master from Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, Dream Warriors. And in my dreams... I listen to the Crazy Train Radio. Hey folks, it's your least favorite host in the podcast world, the croc, Jonathan Steele. And boy, do we have a good one for you today.
for you, kid. I am the wizard master. I am the wizard master. First and foremost, we have to thank Gene over at SignatureHorror.com for making this possible. Mr. Uh, Gene. Yes. Yes, he has such a lineup. I guess the first day new mouth. So learning this English thing. Okay. So anyway, one of his newer folks, as you heard in the audio clip, uh, since this is pre-taped, uh, the Wizard Master called, calling in before he becomes Mr. Mom again. Will Stanton himself, Mr. Ira Hayden. 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 Sounds like you're a Viking, <laughs> right? Sounds like a Ira Viking. Hayden. Yes. So, Ira, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great here in Los Angeles. You know, the sun is out. It's a little smoky from the fires, which is no fun. <laughs> what are you doing outside then? Um, it was just easier with uh, family and kid working on Zooms and wife working and, and stuff like that. It was just it's a little easier to come out into nature. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, we don't need, we're not close by, uh, as we were talking beforehand. I'm in Philly. Elena's in uh, Ireland. We, 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 if you collapse because of choking on smoke, we can't help you physically. No, but um, I, I want to think that you would be there spiritually for me. Yes. Always. So, yes. It, and it's funny he says that because he has the Buddha behind him. Yeah. Uh, we, he was joking about earlier. Uh, yeah. Well, you mentioned family being home, kid on Zoom and the wife and everything. How are you guys handling everything with what's been going on the past couple of months? Pretty good. I mean, it's, it's a whole new world, you know, Jonathan, it's, and Elena, it's just, it's, it's just, I don't think we've never seen something like this before in our lifetime. Right. Um, no. So I think we're just dealing with things, you know, day by day as it comes. Um, thankfully, knock on wood, fine wood. We're all healthy over here, which is great. Um, but, you know, I just found out that one of my cousins sent his, his kid to college and he's in the dorm with um, three of his friends and they all tested positive. So now he has. Oh, wow. It's just, I know it's, it's super crazy. Well, so, you might. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying it's just, it's nuts. Well, you mentioned it there being a parent. Uh, would you be sending your kid off to school? Because I don't know how old your uh, child is or kids. Uh, he is 12, so he's in seventh grade. Um, absolutely not. I, I wouldn't send him into middle school. It's an indoor, you know, school, which most schools are. Um, yeah, wouldn't feel comfortable doing it. So it's not going to happen until there's a vaccine, until 
you know, it becomes a lesser of an evil. And uh, we can kind of all get back to uh, the new norm, you know what I mean? Yeah, and unfortunately, we don't have the time to get into it, but uh, certain folks have spun things, uh, as we see in the news, but that's here and or there, you know. But first and foremost, and I know it's an obvious question there, talk about, can you talk about the audition process and getting hired for part three? Absolutely. So I had a, my manager, uh, Marilyn Sherman at the time, uh, who found uh, Forrest Whitaker, Jimmy Smits, uh, Bill Allen from Rad. And uh, so she said, all right, kid, you got an audition. So I, I went in and I met with Annette Benson, who was the casting director, and she liked me. And so then she put me on tape and uh, that tape went to Chuck Russell. And uh, Chuck looked at the tape with these glasses, and he liked what he saw. <laughs> so I came in, and I believe I auditioned four to five more times before I finally landed the role. Now, is that a, I've heard you say that in other spots, uh, the multiple auditions. Is that usual protocol in terms of uh, most projects? I, I wouldn't say most projects. I think... Um, I think they really wanted to hone in on what they wanted and um, maybe they had, there were a few choices out there and uh, maybe they just weren't positive yet that I was the wizard master. So, well, you mentioned the character you, or we've been talking about your character, Will Stanton, that you got hired for, but I heard that you actually, uh, were considered or were trying for Joey as well. Is that well, right? There was one of the auditions that I was there and um, uh, he just had me, there were just a ton of nurses. So he had me read with all the nurses, um, which was a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I didn't get the role and I don't think Chuck was really uh, looking at me and saying, all right, we want you to try Joey. We want you to try for the role. He said, you know, would you like to read these lines while we have these actresses here? And I was like, I was eager beaver. I was so ready to please. And yeah, of course, I'll do it, of course. Um, so it was a lot of fun. And that building still stands on Beverly Boulevard and Robertson uh, where uh, we did uh, New Line Cinema auditions. Um, I remember having to park on Beverly Boulevard, put enough money in the meter, run down the street, catch the elevator all the way up and get, get to the casting office. Um, it was quite the process back then, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, well, obviously in some of the previous uh, chats you had, and we were joking prior to starting uh, Elm Street Radio and such, and Ira had mentioned it here, and since this is gonna be audio only, the glasses he's wearing is actually the same glasses he had, <laughs> not only in film, but what he tried out for. That is he tried correct. out for the role. Believe me, I have them on. Yes, which is kind of cool. Do you take them to conventions and stuff when I do. that was a thing? That's that's uh, When that was a thing, I would bring them to conventions. And I would normally take pictures with uh, 
with the people that wanted autographs and stuff. Yes, you have one with me with the glasses. <laughs> right. um, and now the coolest thing is, hey, keep it down. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm doing a Zoom over here. Um, hey, hey uh, the, if the anyway, horn blows, how about the driver, you know? The newest thing, which is the greatest thing, are these cameos, you know? Um, yeah. You go look up the artist on Cameo and you book me. And so a lot of times it's really fun. I throw on the glasses and a lot of times um, uh, people have me wanting to cheer them up. Like this guy, his brother just got into a car accident. So I was like, cheer up. You're going to be fine. And in the name of Lowrick, Prince of Elves, fix that car. So I used to do, you know, I do fun things like that. And, and it's a lot of fun. So I get to throw the glasses on. Well, I'll bring it up again, since you say about cameos and such. Uh, hooking up with Gene over to SignatureHorror.com. Uh, how do you like that process? Obviously, a lot of stuff's being done through mail, but I know he's doing the live Zoom chats and the helping with cameos and such. You having think, fun with that? I think it's very smart. I think Gene is a smart man, and these times, this is what it calls for because a lot of us can't get out to conventions to reach the fans. So it's wonderful. He's set up the whole website. You know, you click on there. You go to Ira Hyden, Nightmare 3. You want this picture. You want that picture. You want a Zoom. You want a, a voice audio. You know, it's it's really great how he has the whole thing set up, you know. Yeah, I'm, he is. I'm having a blast with it. A he weekend. is a smart man. Smart man. Uh, Non-nightmare. I want to ask you real quick. Well, two things. First, yeah. I yeah. heard you were good friends with Brandon Lee. Best known for the crow. Uh, what kind of guy was he? Since obviously he's become uh, legend in certain spots. So you know, I I had been doing some movies and uh, and I was hanging out with Bill Allen and Bill was in an acting class and and he, that's where he met Brandon. So he brought Brandon to our poker games. We used to play poker every Monday night. Um, most of the games were at Bill's brother Sherman's house and. Um, that's the in that room I met Brandon and I met Lou Diamond Phillips. Um, Brandon and I became instant friends. Um, we both like doing a lot of sports stuff. I mean, he's he was so gifted. So we used to go mountain bike riding. We would play racquetball, and he would kick my ass in racquetball, mind you. Um, and then he took off to um, Chicago. I think he was working on rapid fire at the time, and I. I practiced my ass off. And when he came back, I finally beat him. Um, so we had, we had tons of fun doing outdoors stuff. Um, and it was just such a great time to be able to hang out. And, uh, you know, I'd never really looked at him as, Oh my gosh, that's Bruce. That's Bruce Lee's son. Um, he was just always Brandon to me. Yeah. Still cool that you had that relationship with him now. Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty awesome when you look back now at that, and and we're actually working on a documentary about Brandon, and um, it's it's incredible. All the friends are coming out. All, a lot of the people that cast him in movies, directors, producers, um, a lot of people are talking, and uh, it's going to be incredible. So watch out for that. That should be out. Gosh, I'm thinking probably after the summer next year? Well, I did hear about this documentary and heard 
with it, there's some pretty cool people within music tied into it as well. Correct. Um, in the documentary or yes, or the, because there's a movie also, and that was originally um, Bill Allen, best friends of, of Brandon, um, wrote a script and he co-wrote it then with Lou Diamond Phillips. And so um, at that point I was a producer on it and we're still, we're close to getting it made, but we brought on um, Robbie Krieger from The Doors. Uh, my buddy Ezra Gabe brought him on, and um, so he wrote the song, and um, it's it's an incredible adventure. And uh, are there still talks about uh, Eddie Vedder being involved with that as well? There was talk about it. Um, Eddie is a very, very busy man, so we thought it might even be better to have... Um, Melissa Etheridge sing the song because Melissa was friends also with Brandon. Wow. Um, and so that's where we're at. Um, hopefully right now, I would love for her to sing it. And, uh, you know, Robbie wrote the song and he plays music on it. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. And the fact that Brandon and Bill turned me on to the doors, pretty incredible. Well, and I guess you can tie this in with the movie as well. The other question I had was because it was discussed being dream warriors and such. Do you have any real life hidden talents? Do I have any real life hidden talents? Hidden talents as in, uh, my gosh, that's a great question. I have lots of things that I love to do. Um, I used to love playing Dungeons and Dragons, and I think that actually helped me get the role. Um, I used to love reading. I read all the J.R.R. Tolkien books, uh, which kind of puts you in that fantasy area, you know, which is great. Um, I love mountain bike riding and, uh, and playing racquetball, although I haven't played racquetball in a while, but I have been mountain bike riding a lot with my son. So... Those are, I mean, yeah, sure. And fishing. I love fishing. Heard on. Uh, I was gonna, can I say something? Go for sure. it. Yeah. I was just going to say, do you think um, J.K. Rowling was ever inspired by Will to make Harry Potter? Mm, very good question. I believe so. Um, yeah. <laughs> how can you not see that character um, when you see my character? I would love to say that's maybe maybe she caught the movie and she had an idea. I don't know. I would love to ask her that question. What yeah, do you th to I think so. I think so. Before Harry Potter even came out, you were the first wizard, like in general, that people saw. So right. you can't not give him any credit. And also, I, I just wanted to ask as well about uh, working with Elvira. I love that movie. so. Cassandra. Cassandra, yeah. awesome. Um, you know, talk about a time that um, we had our callbacks, and at the callbacks there were like forty kids, and um, and they were pairing up everybody and different things. And um, Chris Cam and I, we didn't know each other, but they gave us all like an hour and a half to go to lunch and then come back. And so I said, "Hey, you want to grab lunch?" And he goes, "Yeah." And I jumped in his jeep, and we became friends. And Lo and behold, he and I both got the roles. Um, awesome. But it's really funny, and I just took this picture um, earlier. Um, 
that 32 years ago today, uh, Elvira was released. Well, it was released September 22nd, but um, it came out and it was number seven in the box office in the first week. Wow, that's so cool. So number one was Gorillas in the Mist. Uh, number two was Heartbreak Hotel. Number three, this is a great one, A Fish Called Wanda. That's right. Die Hard was number four. <laughs> and um, Cocktail was number eight. <laughs> and How could you have that, like, number eight and then Elvira be number seven? <laughs> I know, right? And then guess what? Number uh, 11 in the week, in this week was Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Oh, awesome. Isn't that cool? That's so I love Elvira. I, I have to tell you, I still keep in touch with with Cassandra to this day. And um, she's incredible. I had so much fun on that movie. Um, you know, she's a true rock and roller. I remember um, having to be at set like five in the morning one time and uh, I passed by her trailer to go by wardrobe and I just hear Guns N' Roses blasting. <laughs> You're the jungle. And I mean, we're talking, this is five o'clock in the morning. I was like, wow, really? She really is a rocker. Well, that's speaking awesome. of that's the, uh, I was just going to say, sorry, that's the autograph I have from you, Ira, is uh, Elvira. Oh, it's really? The, yeah, that's the one you signed for me. That's on my wall right now somewhere. <laughs> I haven't yeah. put it all up there. I like it. Hey, grab a tool and start banging. Yeah. Um, her, her lines in that movie were just a classic. I, I don't think you could get away with something like that these days. Um, but, uh, oh, my gosh. James Signorelli, the director, who uh, used to direct a lot of the Saturday Night Lives. Uh, what, a, what a great guy. Uh, Will Thurm, the producer on that. Um, it was just a, it was a wonderful group of, of people. And uh, I got to work with Edie McClure. I mean, she was awesome. Oh, I've never. Yeah, and I bet you never will, sister. <laughs> oh. Well, speaking of things that may not be able to get away with in current times. <laughs> Do you think part three could be heavy on topics that you may have been involved with, such as teen suicide and just some of the different topics touched on in that film? Yeah. If it was made today? Of course. I think it's, it's as important today as it was back then. I think it's even more so important now. And, um, you know, as a matter of fact, Jonathan, um, a year ago, I produced a reading. We put together a reading of Dream Warriors and we raised money for mental health awareness. We raised money for the Dee Dee Hirsch Foundation. And uh, we did the reading at the Whiskey A Go Go, which was incredible. Um, and, uh, you know, Robert England graced us with his presence. Heather Lagenkamp was Nancy and, uh, she helped produce it as well. Um, we got everybody there, but some people couldn't make it. Um, Ken Sagos couldn't make it. So we got this wonderful actor, Keyshawn Giles. Um, uh, Jennifer Rubin couldn't make it. They were both actually at a convention. So we got Brooke Thies to play uh, Taryn. <laughs> Gotta love Brooke. Yeah, she's yeah. another sweetheart. She really is. She's, she's wonderful. And, Here's a side note, Brooke and I worked together on Just the Ten of Us. I had a small awesome. many years ago on that show. 
Yeah, we're we've been back and forth with Brooke, so hopefully we'll be chatting with her soon. Oh, I uh, bet you. Oh, that's going to be awesome. But uh, you mentioned Ken there, and yep. that's one of the final questions I had was in multiple interviews and in the Never Sleep Again documentary, he mentions during this filming about tensions being very high during a lot of the filming until somebody, whether a producer or whoever, had to put their foot down and the bullshit stops here, yada, yada. Did you notice any tensions? Um, I knew it was there, uh, but I... I come from the school of acting of just know my lines, be there, be present, and, and do my job. Uh, I think you're talking about a, a very low-budget movie. You're talking about, you know, we worked our asses off on that film. Um, we were pushed, you know. We, it, was, it was a heavy film. Um, heavy, con you know, the concept of it and, and everything. And, and uh, Chuck... I think knew how to get a lot of the performances out of us um, by pushing our buttons, you know, by, by making sure that we, we were, um, were on target. And when we were on target, you know, maybe we even were pushed a little further. Uh, so yeah, tensions were high. Um, did I have the time of my life? You bet I did. Uh, there has not been a set other than father, of the bride getting to work with Steve Martin. Um, <laughs> that I have felt such um, animosity for. I mean, just I, had, I just was the happiest kid to be able to work and, uh, and start these relationships. And, and many of them, you know, they're still my buddies. Bradley Gregg, you know, I mean, Rodney Eastman, Ken, you know, Jennifer, Penelope, Nancy, Nancy, Heather. We're all still friends, which is incredible. Yeah, it was funny because uh, get along with Lisa Wilcox and a few others from the franchise, and yeah. it's and I've you're not the only one I've said this to, but it's just amazing as far as a franchise that you guys are all so tight in so many years after the films. Yeah, yeah, that you've been able to keep that such a good relationship. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's it's really um, well, it's a testament to to the people that were on that film. Um, I tend to think though that a lot of the movies I work on that I do can tend to keep a lot of these relationships. Um, you know, I mean, Elvira, hey, still keeping in touch with with Chris Cam and and Cassandra, and um, also I don't keep in touch with Steve Martin that much, but when we run into each other, I always say, "Excuse me, sir, how you doing?" Um, but uh, Illegally Yours I worked on with Rob Lowe and Rob I just I did a lot of voice work on a TV show called Code Black and I ran into Rob from time to time so it was fun to see him um, and there were a couple of people from that movie Illegally Yours Kim Myers and Eric Small um, that I still keep in touch with to this day so it's pretty cool well speaking of it because you uh, said it yeah, Steve Martin, one of my favorite reads. So that was my very first um, album, Wild and Crazy Guy. 
uh, I used to love his bit that he used to do on Saturday Night Live. And I mean, how ironic is it, Jonathan and Elena, that I got to say, excuse me, sir, what are you doing? So here's a little um, thing. I'm trying to be funny. First day on the set, day player, right? So I'm there for that day. Rehearsal starts at 7 a.m. Um, and again, he was my favorite comedian. And so I think I'm going to be funny. So what is the key to comedy, you guys? Tell me. Does anyone know what the key to comedy is? Confidence. Uh, <laughs> confidence. Okay. There's confidence. So many di- there are so many different ways you can go with that. But, well, I guess I would ask this. What type of comedy are we going for? Are we... Uh, we're trying to be funny. So I think comedy, I think, or, I think timing. I think timing is a yeah. uh, thing. So like I said, it's 7 a.m. We're just setting up for our first shot. And this is my first time actually meeting Steve. And he comes in and uh, the director goes, okay, let's rehearse this. So he comes up to me and he's faking, ripping open the hot dog buns. And I belt out as loud as I can, excuse me. Crickets. Oh no. Oh. I heard crickets. Hey, I tried. It didn't work. From then on, I just did my line. I knew exactly where it was, did everything the exact way that they wanted it done. Um, but it was pretty funny. I, I, I like telling that story now. Yeah, well, it, it's a good one. And I think we can wrap it there. It, Again, what's that? Uh, I thought you were going to, yeah. Ira Hiding, uh, best known Will Statton. And make sure you visit our friends over at uh, SignatureHorror.com again uh, to get your merchandise uh, from this lovely gentleman. And if you do the live chats that we uh, can do through there with not only Ira here, but many other people, ask for the glasses that he is wearing right now. So I know you got to go attend to some family stuff. So thank you so much and best of luck. And we hope to see you down the line at shows once they start up again. Yes, it would be awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Not all football helmets are created equal. Zenith, the industry leader in protective technology, is the only helmet in the game with adaptive head protection featuring a shock suspension system that can move independently from the helmet shell. Headquartered and developed in Detroit, Zenith is committed to player safety and revolutionary innovation. Zenith is proud to protect athletes at every level from Wee to the pros. Learn more about the Zenith difference at zenith.com. That's X-E-N-I-T-H.com. Wow! Thinking your day is bad and really looking to make it worse? Why not try downloading this new classic set of music that will be dropping so far off the charts, there's bound to be injuries. Now that's what I call depressing. It's gonna make those who are even close to having the slightest glimmer of hope wanna jump off the highest of planks. For those that are getting now that's what I call depressing, you'll be getting that song that reminds you of that relationship with those cougars. Wrinkled Ladies. 
For those who weren't really into cougars, but those who had that special friend whilst in Cell Block 2B, we got for you this clusterfuck that will put you in therapy for years to come. With cheeks wide open. Who the fuck writes this shit? Oh hell, we're still recording this commercial. Always with you, it cannot be done. Those that rather have it out than in. This loaded hit will be dropping soon. Farthing in the USA. For those who place their order by calling or ordering online, the next hundred folks will receive their choice of either a noose of good quality that won't snap, an installation of a new outlet next to your bathtub so you can now blow dry your hair in a full tub. Or the choice of the right gang to just beat the fuck out of you. Call us today at 1-800-FUCK-THIS. Hi, this is Lisa Wilcox, and I'm talking here on Crazy Train Radio. Yeah.